This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reading from the book of Sirach. The Lord is a God of justice, who knows no favorites. Though not unduly partial toward the weak, yet he hears the cry of the oppressed. The Lord is not deaf to the wail of the orphan, nor to the widow when she pours out her complaint. The one who serves God willingly is heard, his petition reaches the heavens. The prayer of the lowly pierces the clouds, it does not rest till it reaches its goal, nor will it withdraw till the Most High responds, judges justly and affirms the right, and the Lord will not delay. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm The Lord hears the cry of the poor. The Lord hears the cry of the poor. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be ever in my mouth. Let my soul glory in the Lord. The lowly will hear me and be glad. The Lord hears the cry of the poor. The Lord confronts the evildoers to destroy remembrance of them from the earth. When the just cry out, the Lord hears them, and from all their distress, he rescues them. The Lord hears the cry of the poor. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and those who are crushed in spirit he saves. The Lord redeems the lives of his servants. No one incurs guilt who takes refuge in him. The Lord hears the cry of the poor. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to Timothy. Beloved, I am already being poured out like a libation, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have competed well, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. From now on the crown of righteousness awaits me, which the Lord, the just judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but to all who have longed for his appearance. At my first defense no one appeared on my behalf, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength, so that through me the proclamation might be completed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil threat and will bring me safe to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus addressed this parable to those who were convinced of their own righteousness and despised everyone else. Two people went up to the temple area to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee took up his position and spoke this prayer to himself. O God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of humanity, greedy, dishonest, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I pay tithes on my whole income. 
But the tax collector stood off at a distance and would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast and prayed, O God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, the latter went home justified, not the former. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Carla, on this 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time, we certainly see a theme of humility uh, in all of our readings today. And uh, I want to start with the book of Sirach today. Uh, This was really, you know, the book of Sirach is really a lot of practical advice for wise living. Uh, It borrows a lot from the book of Proverbs, which is amazing. Um, And I want to talk about this first, or one of these lines here. Though not unduly partial toward the weak, yet he hears the cry of the oppressed. That is, of course, the God of justice. Well, the Lord does have a special place in his heart for the poor, the oppressed, and really the most vulnerable. And, And God's concern for those who cry out in need shows that God is listening and acting as a just judge. You know, back then, like today, uh, the poor were often treated poorly. They were dismissed as untrustworthy or just simply taken advantage of. But much like today, even back then, Sirach points out that we need to have a just treatment of the poor. In fact, Sirach in uh, chapter 29, help the poor and do not send them away empty-handed. Even as far back as Deuteronomy chapter 15, do not harden your heart or shut your hand from your poor brother. So we have all this as a consistent teaching from the earliest of uh, times here. You know, the poor are always going to be with us, and they do provide all of us with the opportunity to show charity. And I think that's perhaps a very positive way to look at this. And, And we need to remember in the United States today, we are really suffering from a spiritual poverty. So we have to protect those who are most vulnerable in our society today, particularly the young and the elderly. I think uh, St. Mother Teresa said it so well. It is poverty that a child must die so that you may live as you wish. And again, in in this month of October, this pro-life month, how important that is to remember. So with this theme today, let us humble ourselves and implore God that we may return to him as a country and as individuals. Mm, well said. Yeah, yeah. And more in this scripture, back in this particular, the, the verses that we're hearing here from the book of Sarek, you know, in this in these passages, we hear, like you said, we hear about God's great mercy, and it uses the images of orphan and the widow to represent those who were the most vulnerable in the in society, you know, the weak, the helpless, and often forgotten members. And, and verse 16 says, the one who serves God willingly is heard. His petition reaches the heavens. And I think this is a really important statement because so many people today have developed a skewed understanding about prayer. And we talked about this last week, you know, that it's almost taken on, you know, a kind of magical appeal. And we pray and we expect God to snap to it. You know, listen, Lord, your servant is speaking when, you know, in reality, it is for our benefit in in developing that relationship with God. Yes, yes, very true. And just like this last line here, the Lord will not delay we will receive justice in his time. <laughs> yes. So we we might think maybe it's it's taken a long time, but he will not delay because he knows the right time to answer those prayers and uh, you know our petitions. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and move to the second letter of St. Paul to Timothy. Okay. Um, so uh, Timothy, of course, is writing this, you know, from prison. And um, he starts with... Uh, 
the words, he, well, he's focusing on the promise of salvation, and he uses this letter as a kind of a final testimony of the faith by which he lived and by which he will die. Yeah, very true. And I'm going to I, I'm going to go ahead and take a few little sound bites so to speak out of this one because it really hit me this time on how Paul's life really mimics Christ's life. And it and it really gives us an example on how to live our life. So I'm going to pull out a couple little things here and and maybe give some analogies. So, you know, he said that he was poured out. He offers himself as a sacrifice, you know, much like oil is poured out on the altar of sacrifice and how we need to pour ourselves out and offer ourselves as a sacrifice. I love his line, how he competed well. Uh, I love playing sports, whether it's individual sports or team sports. And, you know, I I believe our our life oftentimes in our spiritual fight, our spiritual combat, we need to kind of adopt this sport mentality where you you go ahead and you prepare and you have the discipline and the uh, repetition in order to know how to respond. Uh, to do, and, and oftentimes with sports, you know, something unexpected happens. And the more prepared you are, the better you respond. You compete well. You know, we need to be on God's team uh, and how important that is to kind of look at that analogy and how beautiful that can be. But remember, everyone deserted me. You know, that's similar to Christ's passion. Sometimes we, not only Paul's life, where everyone divert, uh, deserted him, we oftentimes sometimes feel like we're trying to do the right thing for God, and yet everyone deserts us. And sometimes it's even people not only within the church uh, or other parishioners or friends, but sometimes even you know the parish or the archbishop doesn't want to do what we want to do or something like that. We sometimes feel deserted. But how important it is to remember that with God with us, we know that we will always have that companion to continue to persist and do what's right. Right. Um, he was rescued. Paul was not rescued, remember, from death, but he was rescued from damnation. And ultimately, he says, to him be the glory. Never stop giving God the glory. So you see this wrapped up where Paul really doesn't seek self-pity, but he's longing for the Lord and how important it is, I think, for us to live that life as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, in our gospel today, we hear from the gospel of Luke, two very interesting figures, Carl, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah, the, the the reading begins with the words, and this is, I think is really important to, to keep this in mind. Jesus addressed this parable to those who were convinced of their own righteousness and despised everyone else. And these convicting words sent chills down my spine as I was reminded of the countless times that I have been guilty of exactly this. And I'm guessing that I'm in pretty good company. Does it sound familiar? You're driving through certain areas of the city and you see people sitting or sleeping on the sidewalk, people who appear that they're caught up in a pretty seedy lifestyle. Or maybe we see headlines in the newspaper about drug dealers and murderers. We might be disgusted and we may, we might for just a quick moment wonder, whatever happened to those people? You know, how could they possibly do what they're doing? But just as quickly, we might think there. That's the problem with the world. And that's the same kind of outlook held by the Pharisee in this parable. So we have to be really careful. Those poor unfortunates are not the problem. They're not the problem with the world. The problem with the world is sin. And let's then remind ourselves that we are all sinners, right? If we are fortunate enough to enjoy a healthy lifestyle, to have good friends and family, a happy home, and a reliable means of self-support. We must remember that all of this 
is a manifestation of God's grace. The Pharisee in this parable wasn't being dishonest in his prayer. You know, we can safely assume that he really was living a righteous life. The problem with his prayer is that he did not give credit to God's saving grace. He credits himself for remaining faithful to God's law. The Pharisee failed to recognize that without the grace of God, he too would be lost. Yeah, and you bring up a really good point because it's easy to kind of just say, oh, let's, let's uh, you know, discount the Pharisee. He was just some bad guy or whatever else. He probably had the most pure intentions, but how he responded was where the difference is there. And I think it's a really good point because remember, the Pharisees were part of a Jewish renewal movement uh, that was there, and they were deeply concerned with the cultural and religious crisis of the day. They were trying to say, how does one live as a faithful Jew in a land that is ruled and occupied by pagans? Right? That could be a very, you know, you can turn that question on now. How do we live as faithful Catholics today in this land of immorality that we live in today? That's ruled by pagans. That's ruled by pagans. (laughs) Right? So so again, let's take a step back and look at that. And, And the Pharisees' answer was, well, we must separate ourselves from all the Gentile impurity and defilement. Since that's the only way God will rescue his people from the clutches of Rome or this this impurity. So, you know, even the name Pharisee means separated one. So right. that's where I think they went wrong, so to speak, in terms of how a Christian answer would be different, right? We need to go ahead and realize we're all sinners and all try and bring the glory of God to everyone, not just necessarily separate themselves. And, and it's interesting when you look at some of these words here, of course, the Pharisee parades his credentials before God, like you were talking about, but think about the words sin and pride. The middle letter in both of those words is I. I think that's the that's the big difference where the tax collector offers no excuses but just simply asks for mercy. So finally in closing, you know, who is our comparison? Do we compare ourselves to our fellow man and neighbor and say, "Man, I'm not I'm glad I'm not like him." <laughs> or do we make our comparison to God and just simply say, "Have mercy on me, a sinner." Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through MatraDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.